I'm Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. We're back with our third episode. I'm really excited about this topic on a very personal level because I need the answers to this. And very close people in my life also would love answers to what the topic of the show is this week. But I would love to have the overarching theme be analysis paralysis for people that are multi-interested and how to go about executing. If you have, you know, like 5 million ideas that you want to do while you're on this earth, what's the next step? Because when you have so many options, like the Cheesecake Factory problem, you go there and there's like a menu with 8 million different things to choose from. I personally get paralyzed in that. So how do we see the Cheesecake Factory menu and then choose one thing, do that well, and then continue and not have this feeling of like, well, damn, like if I focus on this, then I'm never going to be able to do all these other things that I want to do. Well, and you just pointed out one of the reasons why this is such a a challenge is because you're worried that you're going to miss out on the other things that are on the menu. Part of what happens with this like analysis paralysis, we have so many choices available to us at any given time that if we pick one, well, it's necessarily going to exclude some other things. And then we're like, there's some story about how our life will be less fulfilling or less meaningful, which I think is really interesting because if you... I love this analogy that you're using, uh, the Cheesecake Factory, because I, I don't know if you remember the last time you went to the Cheesecake Factory, but how was your meal? I mean, I get the same thing every time now because it's too overwhelming for me to look at Chinese chicken salad. And it was great. It's always great, but it's literally 1,500 calories. Okay, but it's great. <laughs> so, you, really, you really enjoy it. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah, see, I think that's really a useful thing to notice. You enjoy your experience when you're there. And could you have hypothetically, theoretically enjoyed another experience more? No, you couldn't have because you didn't order that thing and you really enjoyed the experience that you had. It's a useful framework to realize that our appreciation of our experience in the world, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Right. And we have this like story that it's like, for some reason, it's not going to be, it's going to work out and it's going to be horrible or. And that there's this other version, but I guess a good piggyback question off of this, because we always talk about the different dimensions and that like, if you're in the headspace and like already operating from the place of that higher self or like that other, it feels like that is a dimension that is, that exists somewhere that we're working on getting towards. And even though we're coming from that place, which I know is language that I'm really working on centering myself on, it does feel like it's something that's not now. So it's kind of like out there which I know that we talked so much about like things being internal versus external. When you're choosing something and you have like choosing something on the Cheesecake Factory menu 
and you're like, okay, I'm choosing this. Like, I like this. It's going to happen. But like, what if there's something that's out there that's even more in alignment with me or with my palate? That what if question of like, well, what if there's something else out there that's even better or even more like me or even a better, more fuller expression of myself? What's the answer to that? I don't know, because there's there are always infinite experiences, right? So I think one important thing to realize and why I, I'm like I'm pointing out the thing about the menu and really enjoying your meal is because there's hidden in this question. There's this idea that there's there's some downside that something could be wrong in the world if I don't pick the other thing that was like the most aligned. And so I, I think that thinking about that things in terms of that kind of get this is where we're talking about the paralysis. Like we get like so worried about making any decision because we're worried that we might make the wrong decision. But right and wrong, see, that's just a choice that we're making. That's like an opinion, a story. It's a narrative that we're telling about the world. And so I get really curious when I hear this. Like for me, I saw this. I was just doing a recording on this last night. So appropriate. But I was just thinking about how coming up with your personal reason to live your most authentic life in every moment, because a lot of times we'll tell a story like, well, I can't show up as who I really am because, well, other people won't like me or I won't be able to get money or I won't be able to get love or I won't be able to get status or whatever the things are. Like if I'm really me, I won't actually get these things that I could get in the world. I think most people are walking around making some version of a decision. Like I'm going to behave the way that I think that I should behave in order to get the things that I want in the world. Which is coming from a not good enough already mentality. Because if you think that you're not good enough as is and won't attract all of those things, then You're kind of like just like being a chameleon to things in order to get what you want, quote unquote. And there's an even bigger danger, too, which is that even if we were able to get the things that we wanted to, but if we did it from an inauthentic place, it turns to dust in our mouth. We don't actually experience the satisfaction of it. This is why we talk about things like the golden handcuffs, right, where like people have these like tremendous quote-unquote rocket ships to the moon careers, but they feel trapped. They feel, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have a job if people weren't doing this most of the time, honestly. It's a really common experience that happens for people is that they're like out there behaving the way that they think that they should. But then it's a lose lose situation because you either get the thing that you wanted, but you got it from an inauthentic place. And so you can, you don't really enjoy it because you're you're not you to experience it or you don't get what you wanted. And then you like tell yourself a story that that's awful, horrible, wrong, bad, whatever. And so I was I was thinking about I don't know if you if we've talked about the mushroom experience in my reality, but this was like. One of the big transformational moments in my life was because I, I had been a bully and in high school, I wasn't really like, yeah, I wasn't like the best dude. And then I had this experience where I went out to the ocean and I ate mushrooms and I like met the entity that people call God, which I just, I considered to be the, like the sum total of all matter and energy in the universe is one way of looking at it. Like there's so many different way, ways to talk about this thing, the universe experience, like the infinite field of cosmic potential, you might call it, you know, so many different ways of saying this. And the reason that that was such a, trans- a transformational experience for me is because now eternity exists. Matter and energy can either be created nor destroyed. And so now there's like literally an eternal being. And I am in some ways, in one way of looking at it, I am that eternal being. And this body that I identify with, my identity, is just a mask, a persona that that entity is putting on to play this eternal game. Okay. But what happens and what's really cool for me, and again, the reason I'm talking about this is because it's like the reason to become your authentic self. This was my way of doing it was because once I saw that, it's like, okay, well, there's nowhere to be. Like, there's no 
goal to get to. There's no objective truth, a right path for me, destiny. Like none of that stuff is actually real because it could be anything. And we would want to live again in eternity. We would want to live all of the different paths, right? So this for me gave me tremendous power to just show up as myself in every situation. But what do you mean it could be anything? So you don't believe that there's like a flavor that is, I'm coming from a place of asking this because mm-hmm. one of my biggest fears is not living up to my highest potential, Yeah, you right? And, you like this so highest many, yeah. potential. Mm-hmm. I know for sure so many of your clients, because I've talked to them about it and like, we all feel the same way. You're saying that like, because you had this existential moment with universe, that there's nowhere to be, that there's no, there's no that level of you in one thing only. Something like that. What I'm really saying is that there's no wrong answer. Okay. Because no matter what path I wind up walking, it's going to be the fulfillment of my potential because that eternal being doesn't just want to have the fancy life and the, the best parties and the most amazing experiences. That eternal being wants to have all of the experiences, literally every one of them from junkie homeless in the streets to perpetrator of horrible quote-unquote atrocities, to victim of horrible atrocities. That, that entity that is eternal has the desire to experience every experience. This is like, this is what eternity means. Like I had a friend who, who was like back and forth. He was like, no, I want to, I would, I, he's like, I want to live forever. And I was like, well, nah, you probably don't want to live forever actually. And he's like, what do you mean? It'd be, there's always so many different experiences that you could have. And I was like, yeah. And then once you've had all those experiences, you still have forever in front of you. And, and what it took to finally get him that was I was like, cool, well, would you want to live forever if you were living in a box? And he was like, well, no, that would be horrible. And I was like, why? Well, because the box would be boring. You, you'd experience all the things in the box right away. And I was like, yeah. So Earth is just a bigger box. Eternity literally means forever. And so you wouldn't want to just have the most amazing experiences. Those after thousands of years of most amazing experiences would lose their edge. They'd lose their shine. And again, I'm not, this story isn't the story. It's not the right story. Okay. It's just a story that when I tell it, I feel more resourceful because when I'm telling this story, when I'm believing this story, this puts me in something like the position of like a video game. Basically I'm here experiencing whatever, and there's no downside. I'm I'm in the world's biggest sandbox video game and I get to do whatever I want to in this thing. And there's no downside. There's nowhere to get to because when this one ends, there'll be eternity left over still an infinite number of other ways to play the game. Right. And so for me, what this did was it freed me up to say, okay, cool. Cause you, you asked about flavor and I love that. What it did for me was it said, okay, cool. What flavors do I love? What do I actually really enjoy experiencing this DNA, this body? What does this one like and get into? And then I push that up, put that up against all of the experiences that I run into And now there's no downside. I just keep moving in the direction of what I think I most love experiencing. And then I (laughs) reevaluate. Am I closer? Did I feel better? Did I like that? Did I enjoy that experience when when I had that chopped chicken salad? Closer to what? My feeling of perfect expression, you might call it. But perfect is, you know, just a, a word, right? But what I really mean is like the asymptotic curve, the thing that you can approach but never quite get to. Like my fulfilled experience in the world, what meaningful existence is for me. And if I have an experience, let's say you ordered something else on the cheesecake factory menu. And let's say you're like, oh, you know, I know that chicken salad is good. This one was only like 80% good, right? 
Well, there's a way in which I could say, well, oh, look, I wasted that time. I wasted that experience having like I did. I, I lived out of alignment there. But there's another way of looking at it. That I say, oh, cool. Look, I just learned something else about my flavor palette and what I enjoy and appreciate. So that wasn't wasted. I learned something about myself. I, I said I had a hypothesis. I said I thought that I would be able to experience the same kind of joy over here with this menu item as I did with this. But look, I'm not. Great. Don't order that next time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. I feel like we went super high level. So like to like bring it back to like 80 to 90 years that we have on this planet <laughs> to be here, not thousands of years that we're getting like tired of these experiences. Like right now in the system that we're in this like lifespan, we have so many interests. And I, I personally have so many flavors that I already know I really enjoy. And there's so many as one person to know which ones to focus on. And in our work together, you've brought up this analogy of the swing. And I feel like this episode should just be called the episode with a lot of analogies because the swing one really like, I feel like I haven't even like mastered it, but it's something in it is really ringing true for me. And I feel like it's so relevant to this conversation, but like I have four swings that I want to all be pushing and that they're all running like a perfect machine. Will you tell, yeah. tell us to share the swing analogy and what's meaningful to you about it right now? So the swing analogy is basically I came to bed and I was like, I feel like I have so many different things on my plate. There's my communications agency, my podcast, the business that I'm starting with my sister, and the fact that I want to be a yoga instructor. Four things that are completely different things. I have been feeling analysis paralysis on having all of these menu items in front of me and not knowing which one to order first to see, I guess like let's do swings here, not Cheesecake Factory. Like which swing do I push first? in order to get it going to a point in which the swing is just, I've pushed it enough times that it's going on its own to be able to have the capacity and the strength to be able to move on to swing number two. But right now, like what I'm feeling is because I am, I've gotten to a place at least, which by the way, I am so freaking grateful even that I'm at a place of clarity that like, I even know that there's four interests that I have, you know, for the longest time, I'm like, what the hell do I even, what am I interested in? So moment of gratitude for even knowing that there's four things I'm interested in. So yeah. So like I have these four things in front of me and it's like, okay, so which is the first swing? How much do I need to push this one swing to be able to move to the other swing? And like, if people are listening and they have 10 swings, like what is the next step? Just to add a little bit more to the swing. It's like, the idea is that in the beginning of pushing a swing, it takes, it takes a lot of pushing relative to the amount of swinging that's happening. But once the swing gets going, then you can keep it going with little energy and then kind of move on to other things. So when I notice, because when you're saying like, what's the thing, I know that we kind of briefly talked about this, but I just want to really zero in on this so that you can hear when we're talking about what's the thing. And that puts you into a little bit of a box, which is fine. But just notice that, that when you're asking that question, you're assuming that there is a right answer here. That's part of what's causing this analysis paralysis. I guess in a, a different way of saying it, what is the next step? Not that it's like the end all be all, but what is the next step? But I, I, again, what you did was you took a, you now put a, a different word in there for the, the next step. Now, now there's a right next step. So all I'm trying to point out is when you're doing that, you're building into this world that there's a wrong answer, that there's a right answer and that there's a wrong answer. To you're this so thing. good. 
I just tried to, yeah. <laughs> I just tried to give it a different, <laughs> yeah. a different face. Yeah, totally. And, and what we're, I mean, cause it's because philosophically we look for this word the, because the is like an identity word. It says that there is a thing such that there is one and only one thing. And that is the thing. This is like a name or when we put the in, in front of whatever, like the book, you'd be like, what the book? Like what's the book? I don't know. Right. <laughs> but if I say a book, that's, oh, oh, cool. We get that. Right. But if I'm saying like, what's the next step? It's like, okay, cool. But understand that you, we've now, in order to answer that question, I have to step into a reality where, or into a narrative or a story where there is one and only one next step that is the one to take. And it's your job to find out what that is. And if you don't, you failed. Yeah. And so now no wonder we've got this analysis paralysis because holy shit, there's so much pressure on whatever this answer is to be the end all be all. Now I have to evaluate it across how many different dimensions. I mean, how is it going to affect my physical health? How's it going to affect my relationships? How's it going to affect how many steps is it going to take? What do I think it's going to like, what kind of effort is it going to take for me? And like all these things, like now you're like running off in a million different directions to try to, to analyze whether or not this is the right step, which again, nothing wrong with that, but it does have a challenge baked into it. Okay, so so this like takeaway, I guess, is like the reframe of the paralysis coming from the fact that you have to choose one thing or like that you that the thing is to find the thing. So reframing it to a next step, like. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, step. totally. <laughs> and and I, I, I get curious when you ask that question, what is a next step that I could take? Does an answer pop into your head? So I still, if I'm being completely honest, it feels lighter in my body, when you ask it that way, it feels like there's more opportunity for sure. And a next step still paralyzes me a little bit. So we're still paralyzed because you're still, you're still believing that there's some downside that I'm going to make a misstep. And that's okay. Cause again, this is a new concept. So w- the insight is one thing, but the practice of it is another thing. And so one thing that you might do to practice this, actually, I, there's a really cool exercise for this. So let's, let's just do that. Let's play this real quick. The idea being, What's something that you really like right now? Something that you're really grateful for in your life right now? Yoga. Yoga. Okay, awesome. So what had to happen for yoga to be a part of your life? Mm, I had to go through a really intense anxiety period and needed alleviation. Cool. I love that we didn't have to go very far to get it with the, the kind of answer that I was looking for for this. Okay. So you have something that you're really grateful for, yoga. And in order to get that, you quote unquote had to have a really bad experience, like an anxiety period to which yoga wound up being a solution. So just notice that you took some step in your life and in your reality that you might've called bad or wrong or, you know, whatever, whatever your relationship to anxiety is. But it was through that experience that you found something that you were really aligned with. I just want to notice because the decision right before that, like what had to happen for you to have a really bad anxiety experience? Indecision and change. Taking over my life. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. So now look, if we have gratitude for yoga, let me ask you this. Is it possible for us to have gratitude for the yoga without having gratitude for the anxiety experience and also gratitude for the indecision experience? It's gratitude for all of it. And I actually like now years later, I have gratitude for that part too. Okay. I want to, I want to stay in this example on like how we're bringing it back to analysis paralysis. (laughs) I just want to notice, though, you get how you can't actually have gratitude for yoga. It'd be like saying I have gratitude for the head side of a quarter, but I don't want the tail side of a quarter. You literally can't separate the two things out. They're just part of the same trajectory. 
So now when we think about analysis paralysis and you're like, there's this one right path. And if I take anything else, I won't be fulfilling my potential or I'll be having some less than experience in my life. Well, understand that every positive experience that you have in your life right now will trace back just like we did with yoga, right? will trace back to some negative experiences, quote unquote, negative experience that you had, because that's what it means to be human. So when we're getting paralyzed in analysis, thinking that there's some right answer or whatever, we're not realizing that it doesn't matter what answer we come up with. It doesn't matter which thing you pick on the, on the menu. Okay. It's going to lead you to something that you will love and appreciate if, as long as you continue to walk the, the path. No matter how horrible it is, stick around because that's horrible things don't stay horrible. Good things don't stay good. This too shall pass. I just heard it in your podcast last night. Totally. And when I have been in this, like, which I told you in our session that I, I equated to like the feeling of being under a tsunami when it's so intense, when you really feel like, I don't know what a next step is. Like, I feel so paralyzed, which just paralyzes the word. And even if any of the next steps are, the, it's great. Anything that you're doing is great because it's going to eventually get you to the thing that's in most alignment. What can we empower the listener who might be feeling that right now to be able to like witness that and just take a step mm. versus staying in paralysis? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing that I'm going to invite any listener to do, and even us in this moment is to take a big deep breath and realize that in this moment, things are probably okay. If we can stay in this moment right now, everything's probably okay for anybody listening to this right now, including us. In this moment, I feel pretty good. Honestly, I might have some pains, you know what I mean? But overall, I, like, I feel really good right now. And I have access to a breath, and now I'm calmer. That's cool. From that place, recognizing that you have access to that always. There's never a time when you can't pause and take a deep breath. A very few times. You might be getting chased by a saber-toothed tiger or there might be a shooter at some point. You know what I mean? And in those times, you probably don't have the leisure to take a deep breath. But also, in those times, you're not worried about what your next step is. We're not doing analysis paralysis in those moments. So in any moment where, we'd have, where we might have this pattern coming up, start by remembering to take a deep breath and calm your nervous system down. It's physiological. Now... I don't know if you've ever had this experience. You like you had a party. It's your house. The next day, oh, it's a shit show. There's just stuff everywhere. You know that you don't want your house to look like a shit show all the time. Now, I might say to myself, where do I get started? There's so many things. What is the next step for me to clean this house up? Oh, and it feels overwhelming. And it feels like just I'm like I'm spinning circles in my mind. Right. But realize, see, I like this analogy because <laughs> realize it doesn't matter. Just pick a thing <laughs> and do it. Just pick one thing and start doing it. And you'll be that much closer to a clean house. Now, look what this analogy required me to do. I had to have a vision for my life. I wanted to have a clean house. I, like, I know what a clean house looks like. I've seen it before. Right important, right? If I don't have that vision of a clean house, well, now I really don't. I mean, I might as well just like sit in the, <laughs> right? 
There, there literally is no path if I don't have a clear vision for where I want to go. That's another important step, I think, is to recognize that just like going to the Cheesecake Factory, my vision is having a delicious meal that I enjoy, right? And that satisfies my hunger. That's going to be everywhere. Start with, begin with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey would say. What do you want your life to look like? And you might say, I don't know. And I'm going to invite everybody, if, if I don't know is the answer that comes up to you, ask the question again and resist the urge to, to say, I don't know. And the reason that we do this, that we resist this urge is because I'm going to see what happens is our, our brains are like a database, uh, like a database software. They're going to query the database. We have all this like information, access to all this information. And when we ask it a question, it's going to start querying the database. Okay. And if we, if we say, I don't know, our brain is like, cool answer supplied. The answer is, I don't know. And then it stops querying the database. So if, if the answer that you get when you ask, like, what's the next thing is, I don't know, ask the question again and just sit, resist the urge <laughs> to say, I don't know, because that's going to keep the brain querying the database. You will come to an answer if you're willing to sit and listen. It's just how the brain works. It's going to, it's a, we're meaning making machines. So if you just ask a question, your brain will start returning answers. And the more you ask the question, the more answers you'll get back. If you're patient and you're willing to sit and listen to that, if you're like, I don't know where to start. But if you have a vision for like a thing that you want, a clean house or whatever, right? Well, you know what a clean house looks like and you can start literally anywhere. It doesn't matter whether you start with the dishes, doesn't matter whether you start with the floors. I mean, there's a right way to clean a house from top to bottom because like as you clean the things up here, dirt moves down. So, okay, worst case scenario, I clean the bottom first and then I clean to the top and now I got to go do the floors again at the end. Okay, cool. Well, but then I learned pretty powerful lesson that I next time start with the top. And if I remember to do that, it'll make my life a little bit easier next time. But there's no downside. There was no downside to me cleaning the floors and then cleaning the ceilings and then being like, oh gosh, now I got to clean the floors again, right? You still have a clean house at the end of the day. And maybe I even got a little bit more exercise, which is like a side benefit. (laughs) I got to do the floors twice. Got to work on my Tai Chi two times. So this is what I mean by like, there's no downside. That was a choice. All of that was just a a game that I played with myself in my brain, like a narrative game, right? All I did was just tell a different story about what it means to take steps out of order, right? To quote unquote, do the wrong thing. And then I reinterpreted it in a way that I just looked for a resourceful interpretation. Well, what could be like, this is, this is another game that you can play. And I invite anybody to play this one Paige And I love this. It's called good from bad. This is like the reverse of the game that we played with your yoga. Like what, what did it take for you to get to yoga? It's like, what's the worst thing that's happening in your life? Cool. What are the good things about that? What are the things that are absolutely perfect about that experience that's happening in your reality right now? And playing that game with yourself on a regular basis, you'll start to be on the lookout for it. You'll start to notice. Remember the reticular activating system. We're going to find whatever we're looking for in the world, right? And if what you're looking for is the upside of everything always, well, hey, look, you live in a world now where there's upsides everywhere, but it's not enough to just like understand that this is a tool that you can access. You actually pull out the tool and practice it. And that's how it becomes integrated as part of our reality. The tool here, meaning the mala beads? The tool here in this case, meaning the, the practice of looking for the, the good. Upside. Yeah, looking for yeah. the upside. What's perfect about this moment is one of the questions that you can ask to, to prompt for this. What's perfect about this moment? Like, oh, I have back pain right now. What's perfect about this? My body is reminding me that it's useful to stretch. And I didn't stretch this morning yet. I get to see Diego, my my massage therapist. Great. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Get to go to the massage therapist, right? That's perfect. So does that make sense? How how does that feel when we're talking about this analysis paralysis? That feels amazing. I always think of 
like a listener next step. And I think just to round out this episode is that like, at least for me, the takeaways are a step is a step in the right direction. So step one would actually be calming your nervous system down to even have the clarity and the recognition that a step is something to do. (laughs) And then from there, just kind of like sifting and seeing which one feels more like it's a flavor that you like or which one feels like meh. And I guess like the follow-up question to this, which I don't, I don't want to go too far over time, but like how far do you stay in a meh if you've chosen or made a step, took a step out of the four, let's say, how long do you give yourself, which I call this giving yourself an honest shot at something, but it's like, how long do you try something? Like if you're, if you're cleaning the house, for example, and it's like, I don't know, you start with the garage and it's like, you're getting really, maybe this is a bad example. Cause I was like, you, if you want to clean house, you want to clean house. You're going to have to clean the garage. The Yeah. I mean, if you want to clean house, you want to clean house right now. Look, you might have a priority for that right? You might have a minimum. You might say, well, the garage isn't actually that. That's why you started with the garage. You were like, hmm, because you, you might say that the garage actually isn't that important to me, right? Cool. Awesome. Look, we just learned a little bit more about the vision that we're building for the future. You had the answer to that question. So, but what, where I get really interested for people is in getting curious about what's something that you'd be willing to try through the boss fight. You're going to have resistance in the world. That's the nature of resistance. So what's the thing that's important enough for you to keep returning to it until you get through that, whatever that threshold is and lay out that threshold, but get clear with yourself what that threshold actually is. Cause most people are playing this game where like what success means is so disconnected from what they actually care about in any real way. And so a part that we didn't talk about this, and maybe we can talk about in a future podcast is values alignment and like just getting really clear on what's important to you in the world what your values are. And then you, cause then now we have a framework for making decisions. You say, Oh, I've got four things. Which one do I go to? And it's like, cool. Do you have your list of core values? Awesome. Value. Number one connection on a scale of one to 10. How much connection do I think I'm going to experience from a clean house? Okay. Growth on a scale of one to 10. How much growth do I think I'm going to experience from a clean house? Right. And now I can go through it and I can give myself like a new, all of this is going to come from my gut. Right. I'm just going to, I'm going to be guessing. I'm going to be telling a story, but it's the visual analog scale, that scale of one to 10 thing. That's useful. That's a useful way for us to turn qualitative data into quantitative data. Right. Because as long as you're making the evaluation in the same time, you know, you'll be evaluating things pretty much from the same state of being. Right. So values are a useful way to like determine. I'm not saying that there there aren't ways to get clear on these answers for yourselves. The big takeaway from this for me was like, I just want to be really clear that believing that there is a right way to do it, that's what gets us stuck. It's limiting. 1000%. That was my biggest takeaway too. And the the sitting with the question, like, what is that vision for your life? Because I feel like even in my current analysis paralysis, I haven't even asked myself that question. Like I haven't reverted back to the, even the thing that I want, which I think is also just intertwined with the fact that like, what is for me the next step because, or a next step, because I haven't taken the the moment to like, see, does it fit into that, into that vision? I mean, if we haven't identified what a clean house looks like, then we don't know whether or not doing the dishes is useful to that end. Is a clean house include a clean garage? It's like, is playing soccer, does playing soccer contribute to having a clean house? But it's like, what, you know what I mean? Like those are two completely different things. And it's like, is my next step playing soccer or is it cleaning the kitchen? Right. Exactly. Like which one is it? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that was like all over the place, but that's how disjointed my four I feel are. So it's like, 
they're disjointed, but they're connected for sure. But like as a next step, which one is going to get me more traction towards my vision. Yeah, totally. There's also another really great exercise for this. And maybe we can link this in the show notes, but uh, the, the wheel of life exercise where you, you you look at each dimension of your human experience. And there are like eight that are outlined for people. But honestly, the, your dimensions of your life could you could name them however you wanted to. But like some of the common ones are like spiritual dimension, physical dimension, relationship dimension, business or career dimension, financial dimension, physical environment dimension, right? And you can, what you can do is you can ask yourself again, on a scale of one to 10, how do I feel about my spiritual life right now? And then what would it take for me for that to be a, like, what does a 10 look like? And as you do that, the reason it's called the wheel of life exercises, because it was originally created, I think by Thomas Leonard, I'm not sure, but basically as, as a radial, like, so each section of the pie would be, you know, one of those questions, like the spiritual section would be one section of the pie, right? And then as you rate them all scale of one to 10, ideally you have a wheel that would be round and would roll, right? Because everything's in balance. But if there are areas where you'd have a flat tire, cool, that's a, that's a really useful thing. And if you've outlined not somebody's dimensions of life, like spiritual might not be important for somebody, right? And if it's not important for you and you've got it on there, but it's like really low, who cares? Because that's not your life, right? But if you've outlined the dimensions of life that are important for you and you've got a flat tire, cool. Well, that's a great place to start because the more balanced we are, the more resourced we'll have, we'll be. I love it. All right. So quick takeaways are first reframing from the next step to just a next step. Asking yourself the question, what is the vision? Like, what is the vision of what you're trying to get to? Or like the thing that you feel is in most alignment. And you can ask, like, how would I know if I was there already? That's one way to get at that. Totally. And yeah, just taking a next step is really is, is the answer. Even if that ne- next step is not taking a step. Even if that next step step is sleeping in. Whatever your next step is that feels like it's going to build. That when you ask, does this get me closer to who I want to be? The answer is yes. Great. Because action is not the only way to take a next step. I mean, it'll all be like action. But sometimes rest is really important and people deprioritize rest. They say, oh, rest, I'll rest when I'm dead or whatever. It's like, well, but if you ask and you say, well, if I had more resources mentally and physically, would I be closer to my goals? (laughs) And if the answer is yes, it's like, okay, cool. Well, maybe rest is a step that you could take. Yeah, that deep breath. (sighs) Big deep breath. Big takeaway. Yeah. Big deep breath is the takeaway for all questions in life. Sure. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> well, thanks for all the great questions. Um, I think this oh is my a God, thank you. topic that we could bring. Uh, there are another, a few other ways to look at this, but this is a great, great topic today. Thanks. Very helpful for people. Yeah. Now we're going to have to go to Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. And, I like that. That's but... the conclusion. What a next step. <laughs> uh, right, thanks, Sophie. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.